Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. It is Tuesday, October 10th, 2017. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host, Gene Wilhelm. We're going to have a little bit of a different kind of a program today because uh, the guest that I was going to interview is ill and not able to be here. So we're going to have a little extended time talking about things that are going on with Red Sea Roundup. Uh, with Red Sea Radio in particular. And then I have George Cottle here with the local... Uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society talking about something that they've been doing and some needs that they have. And I'm sure that any of the St. Vincent de Paul Society chapters anywhere in our listing area will have some of the same needs coming up. So I'm going to say good morning to Dennis Maka. Good morning, Gene. How the heck are you? I am doing well. We want to say good morning to all the fine folks in Palestine, Texas and in Central Texas as well as here in the Bryan College Station area where our studio is located for Red Sea Roundup. And we also have in the studio with us this morning, Thaddeus Romanski. He's pushing the buttons up and down and sideways and all sorts of things. And I'm sure he will join in on the conversation if things calm down on the board. He's doing a marvelous job over there. Good morning, y'all. How are y'all doing? Doing, doing great. great. Had uh, some great weather that just yeah. blew in this oh morning. Oh my gosh, I, I went to Mass this morning and came out and had to pull the jacket out of my tr- trunk. Yeah, indeed. It was, uh, it was a nice breeze. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, Thaddeus is on the board, but the way things are going today, it's he's not going to be bored because uh, as Dennis could <laughs> today, testify, over, today. The, over the last several days, uh, maybe weeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Sea and its three yeah. stations have been experiencing some difficult. Yeah, technical difficulties, and I, I think it's just spiritual attack is what it is, and it's just roadblocks that Satan wants to throw in in front of us. And, and you know, when you, you uh, approach your engineer and they say, well, I've never seen that type of thing before, and they've got, you know, so many other stations under their belt, and they're working with you on a contract basis, and they've seen it all, you know it's something a little different. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting, but... um. We're working on a couple of issues at one station and, and another issue at another. So if you hear little glitches or changes in programming and and uh, just hiccups in the program, just uh, say a prayer for us because you know that I'm uh, either steaming at the caller or I'm, I'm trying to pray as hard as I can to resolve some and of these what, issues. And what you need to do is pray that these issues uh, get solved or else Dennis and Thaddeus will look like I do from the forehead up. <laughs> <laughs> from pulling all their hair out. Oh no, it's it's um yeah, it's just something we got to pray through and keep working on and it's it's indicative and you know Catholic radio is uh is prime for attack from the devil because he doesn't like what we're doing and I, I know we're having great impacts in all three of our listening areas. You were telling me I think it was yesterday about huh? the impact of one of the stations or one of the programs that we have on this station that uh, is how it's impacting non-Catholics. Indeed. We, and in here in this local community, I spoke with someone for a, 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 from a local non-denominational church that says that they listen on a very frequent basis and they love the station. And you know what, what non-Catholics like besides the beauty of the Catholic faith, if 
they like something else besides cat that for Catholic radio. They like the fact that it's positive and that it's true dialogue. It's what our world should be. You know, there's such division, politics, sports, uh, morality, you know, skin color. There's so many divisions that are out there that aren't necessary. And on Catholic radio is a nice, rare media <laughs> that you don't get that feeds upon that division. They bring the two sides together for a positive dialogue, even when there's a huge moral disparity of pro-life versus pro-abortion. You know, that's that's a pretty big disparity there. And so when those two sides can come together and have a meaningful discussion and, and, and peacefully talk out their differences, that's something special. It is. And uh, I when you were talking about rare medium, I was remembering the tagline for the PBS station in Dallas a number of years ago uh-huh. was a rare medium. Well done. <laughs> so uh, what? Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, Catholic radio, particularly uh, a service by Red Sea. Uh, is is a rare medium well done. Yeah, just pray that I can do it a little better because of all the glitches we've been having. So yeah, just stay patient with us, folks. We have some uh, a battery backup to replace in Waco. We've got some Windows issues that are going on here. And so yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy. And that Windows isn't the fact that the Windows coming out of the studio, but no. it is Microsoft Windows. Yeah, we're having some issues there. So doing some things that it never did before out of the clear blue. So and we're, some things that people have never seen before or f- haven't figured out how to solve permanently. Yeah, I, Google's not solving this one, let me tell you. No, it's, I it's, know. it's interesting. So, But we've been doing good, and I was talking just a minute ago about changes, and I was wanting to talk today about some programming changes that we've got coming up. Is that okay? That's great. Let's let's hear them because it's, it's exciting what's going on, and, and you might give some background as to why these programming changes are taking place. Well, that background, Gene, is that Relevant Radio has merged with Immaculate Heart Radio Radio, which has typically been on the West Coast, up some to Hawaii or over to Hawaii and up some to Alaska, they've merged as one entity. It's Immaculate Heart Media doing business as relevant radio. They've merged all their corporate structures. Each each side had about 50, 55 stations. And so maybe 60, you know, they've come together to have about 120, 123 stations nationwide in some of the very biggest markets, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. Um, so we've got some some great momentum going in Catholic radio nationwide now. Um, EWTN is also very strong in their affiliates as well. So with that, as as our listeners know, we have a mix of both EWTN and Relevant Radio. And what we've tried to do is have a best of for our listeners. And we take information and and, and um, feedback from our listeners to get the best programming out there to them with as few encore programs. So in the past, Relevant Radio has done 12 hours of original programming and 12 hours a day of encore programming, which is just a repeat show. And so they've eliminated a whole lot of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we uh, are looking to take advantage of that because Immaculate Heart radio had some incredible original programming of their own. And so when you get, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day of original programming on each side coming together, something's going to have to give. So relevant radio as a whole has given up some of their programming. They've added some others um, and they've changed times on others. And they threw this all at us about a week ago (laughs) in amongst all the the computer (laughs) glitches that we've been having. 
At least they didn't say it's happening tomorrow. It was close. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm facing the pressure of redoing three stations logs and get everything done. And and Stephanie and Thaddeus and I have been in high discussion of, of what the most popular programs are. We've been consulting our families and friends and listeners about the best programs at the best times. And so... Well, tell us a little bit about what that's going to be, Dennis. Well... The first one that that we can talk about is Red Sea Roundup is moving to a new date. Yeah. And so we're not going to talk about all the the details because that's going to be shared through Relevant Radio on Friday. If you listen to the Drew Mariani show at 4 p.m., you're going to be able to get a a sense of all the actual changes. And then they're they're going to give all the details there. So if you could listen to Drew Mariani at 4 o'clock, you're going to get all the details. However... Sorry, the allergies are blowing in. And uh, you're going to get some details that may not match our exact programming. So what I'm going to have you all do is to go to our website at any time at redsearadio.org starting this next week. And you'll be able to actually see our new program schedule in place. Um, We're going to put that on our website. Well, we're not – Red Sea Roundup's not only going to be on a different day. It's going to be at a different time. It is. It is. Thanks for catching that for me, Gene. It'll be on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. And the main reason we're doing at 11 o'clock is Father Simon says is moving to an afternoon time. And we're going to have his uh, program be a little bit later. And we're making the 11 o'clock hour more of a a local programming time slot. So – Relevant Radio is um, moving things around. So we've moved some things around and you're going to find a lot of our local shows that we host will be in that 11 o'clock time slot throughout the week. So just pay attention to that. Know that the Mystery of Parenthood is going to be moving to to, uh, Tuesday at 11 and Red Sea Roundup is going to be moving to Wednesday at 11. And that's to balance all the hosts and the, the, the schedules that we've gotten there. And we're going to have maybe one hour of additional program and, and a little bit less of another. And so it's, you know, they're going to have some shifts and, and changes in their programming. That's great. I, I'm glad to hear that that's happening because uh, th- it's good for me. And I, th- I hope it's good for our listeners too. And maybe there's some folks that, that have an 11 o'clock lunch hour that now will be able to listen to uh, Mystery of Parenthood and uh, Red Sea Roundup, where they haven't been able to before. Yeah, and and we we trust in God's will in all things, and we've you know prayed about this, we've really toiled and, and thought about this in depth, and we think we've put together a really incredible lineup. From well, all Catholic radio programming is great, but if you're looking at live shows starting at 5 a.m. and I'm they're going almost all the way through to to 7 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. And then the great programming doesn't stop there because we're still keeping the diocese daily mass and, and um, you know, what we haven't um, been able to carry live, we're going to tape delay. And yes. so it's going to be maybe about an hour tape delay on a, one or two programs. So what Father Simon says, uh, it's already tape delayed at 11 currently, and it's it now is. going to be at 2 o'clock. Yeah. So just stay attuned to uh, some of those changes. Um we did not want to get rid of Father Simon Says because he's proven to be a very popular program here, Waco, Palestine. People love Father Simon. I appreciate Father Simon's sense of humor. Yeah. And we aren't getting rid of open lines. So just if you found your favorite program might be bumped, just 
please pay, be patient with us and just know that we are, are making sure that we have the very best programming in each of our stations, because there's a lot of great programs to choose from, which is a, it's not a bad problem to have, you know? No, it isn't. So, And there's an event coming up that maybe Thaddeus would want to talk about more than either of us. And that is on, what is it, the 19th of this month? Yeah. Uh, Thursday, October 19th is our sixth annual benefit dinner. Yeah, it's Red exciting. Red Sea Catholic Radio here in the Brazos Valley. Who do we have coming? We have the dynamic deacon, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, is jetting in from the great Pacific Northwest to speak with us on Mary and the rosary and the family, her role in, in the family, bringing unity and uh, peace to our families through uh, veneration of her. And we're dedicating the entire benefit dinner to Mary, because it's the kind of the conclusion of the year of Fatima. Yes, it's it six is. Six days after the centenary of the miracle of the sun on yes. October 13th. Yes. So, and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas Pack, 6.30 to 9. Um, be there or you'll be, gonna just, you'll be sad. Now, there's some don't, folks. Don't say be there or be square. I wanted close. to, but then I thought, you know, I really shouldn't say that. It's not, that, that's not you're charitable. Not that, you're not that old. That's something I would have said. Uh, it, I'm sure that there's still some spaces available and there may be some folks. I don't know, palace. Gene. I don't know. I mean, if people don't get on it soon, they're not going to have a spot at the benefit well, dinner. It's very popular. There's a lot of people going. All I, the cool kids are going. So if you oh, don't get on it and get but that I, but ticket. I'm, but I'm going, so that's not all the cool kids. Well, you're cool, Gene. You know, you just don't know it. So oh, it just okay. means you're humble. <laughs> no, yeah. People, we can still accommodate table reservation or tell, yes, table reservations at our various levels. And we would very much appreciate that. We're still looking for that elusive $5,000 yeah. table sponsorship. We're so if anyone out there just dying to be the first at something, if you've never been the first to do something in your life before, here's your chance. Be the first to do a $5,000 table sponsorship. And we are going to unveil some great, great plans for our future because we are so foundational here in the Bryan College Station area for our entire Red Sea Radio Network. We're wanting to really set some foundation for the future for Red Sea Catholic Radio in general, wherever God has us to go. So if you want to find out more about these plans firsthand, come to the benefit dinner and listen to Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Listen to the dynamic Thaddeus Romanski talk about what's going on at Red Sea Catholic Radio. Not true. And you can even say hi to Gene. And I, also, I, I want to say, <laughs> uh, sorry, t- sorry to step on you, Gene. Please, uh, please forgive me. Also, you can also purchase twenty-five dollar individual tickets as well. Okay. So we still we have we have several tables set aside for individual tickets. So there are and some there are some people where that's a little bit spectrum. that's a little bit steep, and and we want to um, you know accommodate some of those folks. So if there is anyone out there that is interested in purchasing a table, even if you can't fill it, talk to us. We can actually fill some scholarship uh, positions available for some people that would maybe like to come, but uh, you know, a couple of tickets might be a little steep for them. So we want to be able to share the word, pack the house. So if you've gotten a table already, maybe want to get a second for anonymous, even a group or just you, you name it. We want to fill the house. Well, I, th- I think what I would like to do, too, is invite our listeners in Central Texas and in Palestine uh, that my understanding is that being with the deacon, dynamic deacon is going to be a treat 
that isn't available to most folks a lot of times. You, you know, as a matter of fact, I, you said he's jetting in from the Pacific Pacific Northwest. I think he's from there, but he, I think he's actually dr- flying in from New Orleans, isn't he? That's I, I think he's flying possible. in from New Orleans to Houston to, to be with us, and then the, he's next, day the next morning to go to Phoenix. And so he's all he's all over the country and even the world. And so he's known very well as the dynamic deacon for a reason. And because he's very dynamic, very, very engaging and, and very solidly Catholic and uh, is an amazing speaker that's going to fire our crowd up and just talk about our beautiful Blessed Mother. Yeah, you know, he's he is a Bahamian originally. And he, he is from the Bahamas. That's where he was oh, born. Okay. I, was thinking I, I thought you said Bohemian. And I said, I don't no, think so. Not Bohemian. <laughs> Bahamian. Uh, and I looked at each other like, what? Um, but you talk about him going all over all over the world. He yeah. was just in, in September, he was doing a men's conference in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Yeah, he's he's all over. So he, he goes everywhere. So but folks, he to, I want to also say, he told me at the men's conference in February, he said, I want there to be a full house there. Yeah. And, you know, he looked at me and I, you don't want to get on the other side of the world. So can you, I'm sorry, Gene, but we go to our website, folks, go to redcradio.org, red, the letter C radio.org. Click on Deacon Harold's beautiful face there on our homepage, and you can register for individual tickets. Beaming. I mean, it's beaming. Wouldn't you say it's beaming? His face is yeah. beaming there. That's... He's very manly. Yeah. 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 And if somebody doesn't know who he is and hasn't heard him on the radio. There's a biography there. There's a biography there. But oh, if you yeah. Google him, you can listen to some of his oh, yeah. talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to talk about something else uh, on Formed. Uh, those of you who have parishes where Formed is offered, uh, which is a Catholic app on on the Internet, uh, he has a book there called Behold the Man that you can read and uh, among other things informed. For those of you who have it available to you, take advantage of it. There are so many wonderful resources on formed and and you can read his book and learn a little bit about him or you can Google uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and and uh, listen to some of his audios as well. Yeah, if you go to Dynamic Deacon, that's going to basically you'll find it. So he's. He's amazing. And so we're very thrilled and honored to have him come. We had to book him a long time ago, folks. So it's not too far to drive from Waco or East Texas, uh, you know, hour and a half. It's not too bad. Yeah. So um, and you drive that far to uh, go to a football game. Yeah. So it's uh, it's amazing. We're, we're very honored to have him and we're very much looking forward to having a full house there. We've got about 300 people there maybe scheduled. And so we've we could fit in another few tables. So, okay. Uh, but we would love love to pack the house. And let's do it soon, folks, so we can order the catering. It's going to be a delicious meal from our, our a local establishment, Sloppy Joe's. And they do a great meal. And it's not going to be Sloppy Joe's. It's going to yeah. be <laughs> wonderful chicken and wine. We're going to have some wonderful beer on tap. And um, Well, it is Oktoberfest, after all. Yeah, it's, it is October. Oktoberfest was one of our previous themes, though. Yeah. But, yeah, this one's going to be Mary Mother of the Domestic Church. And we're... Very happy to give her honor and to uh, tell you about some great news. I'm going to share an incredible testimony. Gene, you mentioned uh, some non-Catholics that listen. Um, We've got one of the best testimonies we've ever received. Um, We're always willing to get more testimonies in writing so we can share them with others to inspire. But this one testimony just gives chills to everybody that that, uh, that's heard it so far. And we're going to share that at the benefit dinner. Catholic radio is changing people's lives, literally. And um, 
thanks be to God, because this this is what it's been set up to do. And we can't do it without your your help, folks. And that's what the Benefit Dinner is about. So, uh, Is there anything else that you would like to talk about Red Sea Radio before we go on to talk to George Cottle? No, just keep us in your prayers. We have successfully been able to replace that transmitter in Waco. So it's the signal's been better than it's ever been before. So it's nothing but moving on the way up. And uh, we're constantly in need of partnerships from, from people that are uh, able to help us stay on the air. And uh, it does... We're running a pretty tight budget here, folks, meaning we are very frugal. We don't we don't take unnecessary expenses. Uh, we're very, very good stewards of your money, and we want to be able to pinch every penny. And uh, we've been able to do that for the first seven years of our existence, and I don't see that we're going to change that now. So know that your your donations can be very trusted in our hands to to do God's will through Catholic Radio. I've got a couple other things I'd like to talk about, but but George is patiently waiting here, so I'd like to talk with George. George Cottle, he's amazing. And if you, those of you who don't know George, don't know his life story and, and what a vital role he plays with the local St. Vincent de Paul Society. I asked George to come in and talk a little bit about something that the, the locals, the Bryan College Station uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society chapter was asked to do after Hurricane Harvey. And I'd I'd like him to talk about that a little bit and uh, and maybe what the results were. Uh, some of the results were disappointing. In other ways, it, there were some things that were very interesting. Right. Well, Gene, thank you very much for having me on this morning. Um, I was tapped by the Diocesan Council of St. Vincent de Paul to be a part of the National Disaster Relief uh, of St. Vincent de Paul. And we did a morning training in Houston and basically – they rolled out a new model that each parish uh, in the diocese or across the country can use. And what it is called is a PRAC, and it stands for Parish Recovery Assistance Center. So what we'll be able to do is identify um, people who are affected by a hurricane or other natural disaster and help them with food, help them with clothing, motel stays, uh, gift cards, hygiene kits, really anything they need um, to sustain themselves as they move through the emotion of being uprooted by uh, by any kind of a disaster. So it was a great learning experience for, for us, and uh, we were happy to do it. We had it up and running uh, within a week of the, uh, of, the, of the disaster and hurricane. Harvey? No, the results were not as gratifying as what you would – I mean, the, the response yeah. from the disaster people was not as uh, big as what you thought it would be. Yeah. This is a new model for the National Disaster Relief folks at St. Vincent de Paul, and they just rolled it out. So it was not really truly tested yet. But what we did is we were able to open these PRACs. Uh, we had about 10 or 11 of them, uh, both in Houston and um, here in Bryan College Station, as well as other parts of southern Texas. And... We were able to be very responsive. The problem that we had in Bryan College Station is that it came a little bit late, and we didn't really have everything that we needed. But um, when we did have people come in, and there was a to, to go back a little bit, the National Disaster Relief people for St. Vincent de Paul uh, published a hotline, and so anybody from anywhere in the country could call this hotline and ask where the, where the local PRAC was. Mm -hmm. And we were on that list. So 
the Catholic Charities and uh, United Way had already done a lot of work here. So there really wasn't a lot to do, but we were trained in how to do it. And so that's the important thing. Well, I'm sure that the national organization learned that perhaps the response needs to be a little earlier and some other lessons that are good for the future. Yeah. the What we found in Ryan College Station and what I relayed to the national disaster folks is that um, we were a little bit too far away from the disaster because we didn't get a lot of people coming into the area. We didn't have any real shelters. We had a two or three day shelter uh, through one of the local churches. So we didn't see the influx that we would have seen normally. Uh, we were able to help five families and there were a total of 20 people in the household with hygiene products, FEMA information, uh, gift cards for Walmart. So it just kind of eases their pain a little bit. And, you know, we prayed with them and we just talked about how we might be able to help them in the future because we're not going to forget them. Mm-hmm. This is not a one-off assistance. Well, this this is very different from the disaster that uh, hurricane disaster in New Orleans, in which uh, several of the local churches their their activity centers were filled with people. Yeah, and so I'm I'm sure that what the national office thought is that based upon that event that there would be more people here. I think that's true. Um, but what we also found is a lot of the folks that were in Houston and in Victoria, they had other places to go. So luckily for them, um, some of the damage wasn't as great as it could have been. You know, other people were completely wiped out. They had nothing, literally nothing to go back to. So what we were able to do is just offer the help that we were able to give. And it was you would sit in that P-Rack for a Monday, for example, mm-hmm. and nobody would come. And you would sit there on Tuesday and no one would come. And it was like watching grass grow. So what we did when they finally came in on Wednesday, the dynamic of the room changed completely because there were little kids and, you know, we had toys for them and we had goodies for them. And people really recognized that the Catholic community and St. Vincent de Paul on a local level, cared about them. They were they reached out to them, and we won't um, we won't forget those people. So what you've got now is you've got an uh, you've got experience here, and the national office has experience to respond right. to things like tornadoes or the flooding in Lagrange or or something like that that you can you can set up a lot more quickly sure. to answer that need. Yeah. Well, what we're doing is we're uh, I still have some. Um, gift cards available. And so the while the physical P-Rack is closed here in Bryan College Station, uh, I'm going to be doing some outreach in Giddings and in LaGrange. We were contacted by the uh, priest in LaGrange, and a number of parishes are getting together, a number of churches are getting together, and they're cooking meal, hot meals for the people who are still in, in hotels. And so they'll be able to come together for a little bit of fellowship, a hot meal, and I'll be down there to do some intake, uh, provide them with gift cards, and just let them know that there are people around who care about them. We'll be doing that in Smithville as well. And uh, St. Vincent de Paul here, at least, and I'm sure in the other chapters, is about to get very busy with the holidays approaching, correct? Christmas is just around the corner. Scary to think. And Thanksgiving as well. Love, yeah, it's true. Love the idea of Christmas. Uh, lots of gifts that need to be uh, donated. 
but beginning in the first, well, it's actually, we've been having some meetings now about our Thanksgiving food baskets and we um, get donations from area churches for food. We sort them, pack them and deliver them to about 200 families here in the Bryan College Station area. And I'm sure there there are probably a hundred or more in, in central Texas and maybe not, maybe not that many in Palestine, but uh, where, where people are listening to us, there are probably St. Vincent de Paul's that are doing the same thing in all of these areas. Yeah, it varies. I'm not, um, I don't think a lot of parishes, because they're so small, uh, a lot of conferences do it at the level that we're doing with it. But there's always some sort of outreach for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. So what is the biggest need uh, that you have uh, uh, during this time of year that a St. Vincent de Paul would need? Uh, and I'm, is money, food, people? Um, I would say that in priority, we really do need volunteers. We need volunteers to participate not only in Thanksgiving and Christmas, but to just to be part of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul here in Bryan College Station. We have uh, volunteer needs in our pantry during doing home visits, um, working in administrative stuff in our in our office. Uh, we have a furniture furniture things, which is a furniture ministry that one of our conference members is putting together. She accepts uh, large item donations like dressers and tables, and people literally have given us entire households full of furniture. So we're able to go in, match that with the needs of the people that we visit or people that call us, and we actually deliver it to to their homes, depending on the need. It's turning into a really big, big deal. There are a lot of people in need all over. Uh, the, the, not just in Bryan College Station, yep. but all over. There are a lot of people in need. So if you're not aware of what your local uh, conference of the St. Vincent de Paul is doing, uh, I'm sure that you can contact somebody at your local parish to find out how to get involved or to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll, you know, when we do home visits, um, because the model is to go out in twos like the apostles did, to see people who have nothing, literally, we will walk into apartments that literally do not have a stick of furniture. So we provide them with the furniture and we provide them with dishes and, you know, and just a lot of assistance and just letting them know that there are people out there that care about them, that love them, and we pray with them. And it just is such, it you can practically see a burden being lifted from them because they know that... We're serious about our ministry, and we just love sharing the Word of God. Anything else you'd like to tell us about what's coming up for St. Vincent de Paul right now? Because we're going to need to go to a break here in just a minute. Um, Just that we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. Um, You could go to our website. There's some information on that. Uh, That's www.svdp-bcs.org. And we'll be posting some information on that, some volunteer opportunities. So okay. that'll be up in the next week. And uh, your your local chapter, if you're not in the Bryan College Station area, probably has similar needs. And you, like I say, if you contact somebody, you can find out what their needs are. Absolutely. Thank you, George, so much for coming in. I appreciate you Always for coming in. I appreciate all you do for St. Vincent de Paul and for the poor in our area. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. We'll be back in just a, a minute or two.
Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup, and I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. And uh, this is a rather unusual day for me on Red Sea Roundup because things are very different. And I have to tell you that I was forgetful at the beginning of the program. I did not give you the phone number to call in. And that phone number is 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. And be happy to talk with you. You uh, know what else you forgot today? Uh, you know what else you forgot? Uh, what else did you forget, Gene? You the, told me. The uh, off-the-wall saint of the day. <laughs> can't believe you botched that. I certainly did. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but I I forgot to look up who the off-the-wall saint is. But who are some of today's saints? You today's, mentioned them Today's saint earlier. is St. Francis Borgia, and uh, he was rather wealthy, and he was married, and after his wife died, as we heard on the, the Franciscan saint of the day today, uh, he entered the Jesuits, and he was very prominent in the Jesuits, uh, sometimes called the second founder of the Jesuits. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow, anybody out there whose name is Ken or Kenneth, tomorrow is the Feast of St. Kenneth. I didn't even know that there was a St. Kenneth. Neither did I until I looked it up. So if we had been on Wednesdays like we're going to be. Yeah, we would have been celebrating. We would have had had an obscure Sunday. We would have had an obscure saint to celebrate. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. A uh, c- couple more things that are happening, that, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Fatima. And uh, this Friday is the 100th anniversary of the final apparition at Fatima. Uh, for those of you that don't know a lot about Fatima and, and uh, don't really want to sit down and read a lot about it, uh, there is a movie that, was, that came out a number of years ago that is pretty reasonable. It's not too sappy. Uh, it's called the Thirteenth Day. That's the one three th day, and I looked that up uh, this last uh, the last couple of days, and that is available to watch on YouTube if if you have a way to get to YouTube, and you just in the YouTube search you put in the Thirteenth, and that's one three th day, and you will be able to see it. It's about an hour and twenty five minutes long, and uh, what you'll find out is that the children faced a lot of opposition, uh, not only from uh, the, the, the culture that they were in, but from their families as well, in particular. And what you have to know is that that is a, was a time when monarchies were being deposed and atheism was being proposed as a solution because uh, a, the, a lot of the atheism was uh, in, in reaction to, not response to, but reaction to some of the, the uh, abuses that were in the church at that time. And all of this happened. Uh, the biggest revolution that was going on at that time was in Russia. And the Russian revolution uh, culminated in November of that year. I mean, it had been going on from February to November of that year, and it culminated in November. So when Mary was talking about dedicating Russia to, the, uh, to her and uh, praying for the conversion of Russia, uh, that was something that was very real to people and you had world war one going on at that can time. i can i jump in and sure. add something yeah when she makes that proposal about um converting russia uh, and praying against the um the falsehoods that being spread by russia that's actually prior to the bolshevik revolution in russia in november that installed that atheistic communist regime so there's a prophetic nature to what 
what she said. And, and in most, a lot of local parishes will be having some celebrations for the 100th anniversary. Uh, I noticed uh, in looking at some of the uh, bulletins from Central Texas, uh, in particular, that there are some parishes that are having that. There is a thing that's going on on the 21st here in Bryan College Station uh, called the uh, from the family rosary crusade it's going to be at nutribolt stadium yeah. which is the baseball stadium for the local uh texas collegiate league pro uh, uh team uh and it's going to be on the 21st from 10 to eleven thirty. uh you can get more information uh by googling it uh, google family rosary crusade brian texas or you can look for it on facebook to get that. Uh, my understanding is that the rosary will be prayed in five languages and there's somebody special coming in. I don't remember who the individual is, but somebody special coming in to help with that. Uh, the other thing that's interesting that's coming up, and this is on the 18th, this is the day before uh, the Red Sea Banquet. Can this, I jump in about the crusade before you move yes, on? Yes, sure. That's Father Jim Kelleher. He has put these rosary crusades on all over the okay. country and the world and actually our own Meredith Olson in this community uh, was his babysitter when he was a child because she's, they're both from the Pacific Northwest and they know one another. And she was up there at a rosary crusade he put on in Spokane. She was up taking care of her mother just some, several months ago, experienced this, got reconnected with him and she was inspired to come here and do the same for for our state, our, our community. So th- there's a there's a real local connection here to this. And there's there's room at Nutribull Stadium for several thousand. Yes, people. and that's that's what they're hoping to to do. Okay. The other thing I was going to talk about is a St. Anthony's church here locally on the 18th. Yeah. They have been fortunate enough to uh, be given a relic, a first class relic, which I understand is a piece of the body of St. Anthony of Padua. Piece of his flesh, yeah. And uh, that was going to be installed in the church itself at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, the 18th. So if coming to the Red Sea banquet from out of town isn't enough, perhaps the installation of the relic would help you to convince you that you need to spend two days in Bryan College Station to be able to see that. And there's going to be a special person at that, too. His Excellency Bishop Vasquez is going to be there doing the installation. The installation, as well as, I believe, the man who is the editor of the St. Anthony Messenger for the Franciscans. Father Conte, Father Mario Conte, yeah, coming from Italy, accompanying the relic. So. Okay. And uh, you, if you uh, want more information on that, I would suggest that you go to the St. Anthony Church website here in Bryan College Station. And since I don't remember what that is, you, there are two ways you can get there. One is to go through redsearadio.org, uh, look on the resources and uh, uh, Br- uh, Brazos Valley Churches, and you'll see St. Anthony's there. Indeed. Uh, also, uh, this October is uh, Right to Life Month. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many parishes, they are collecting money in baby banks. And I would just remind you about that. And there's another thing that that maybe some of you would be interested in and some of you wouldn't. Uh, Those of you who know what FOCUS is, FOCUS is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and they operate on a number of the campuses. We have a chapter here at at St. Mary's. There's a chapter at uh, St. Peter's in in, 
at Baylor and Waco. Baylor and Waco. Uh, there is a chapter at Stephen S. F. Austin at Nacogdoches, I know. Uh, and uh, they're just, there are a lot of chapters. And these people are wonderful at what they're doing. And they have this focus conference that's coming up. Last year it was in San Antonio, and 300 people can't, left, went there from St. Mary's in College Station. But it's in Chicago, uh, and it is on. Uh, January 1st through, or pardon me, 2nd through the 6th, uh, you can get more information or register at sls18.com, or you could probably just focus, uh, uh, Google Focus Conference 2018 and get that information. Uh, some of the speakers there are going to be Bishop Robert Barron, Father Ooh. Mike Schmitz. Ooh. If you've never heard Father Mike Schmitz, he's amazing. And uh, there's some other folks. I don't remember who all the rest of them are. Those are the names that I recognize right off the top of my head. That, that might be something interesting for you to do. And they're, they're, they're looking for college students, people who are ministering to young people and people who are doing Bible study, leading Bible studies and all sorts of things. It's not just something for young people. There's something for people of all ages. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Oh, uh, since we don't have, my guest was not able to come today because he was ill. Uh, I thought something that I might do today is a little different from anything I've ever done before. Uh, but if you look at the readings that we've been doing the last couple of days in daily mass, they are from the book of Jonah. And book of Jonah is probably my favorite book in the Bible. Really? Mainly because... Uh, if I'd been living at that time, I could have been Jonah because my life parallels <laughs> a lot of what went on there. And when we look at the book of Jonah, there are a lot of people say this is just a made up story. But in a sense, uh, that really doesn't make a whole lot of difference. It has a truth to tell us, just as a lot of the stories that Jesus told us that we call parables were made up stories to, to tell a truth. And Jonah is there is there was a Jonah and you can find him in second Kings. Uh, if, if you look in your concordance, you can look up Jonah and you can find out who he was. But there's nothing to indicate whether he did any of the things that are in the book of Jonah or not. But the book of Jonah talks about the same type of things that we've been hearing in the Gospels the last several weeks. And we will be hearing again this Sunday in the Gospel in that uh, Jonah was invited by God to do something and Jonah refused. Uh, he and, you know, he did that with reason. If you look at the first chapter of Jonah, uh, God asked him to go to Nineveh. And he, he basically, he, I don't know whether he had courage enough to say no to God, but the first chance he got, he ran out of town. And there's some, there's some reasons for that. If you look at the, uh, the history of, of the Middle East at that time, Nineveh is in present day Iraq. I think it's, I don't remember what the city is. I should know what I don't remember. But the Ninevites the Assy- were the Assyrian, is the capital of the Assyrian kingdom that eventually took uh, the upper, the northern kingdom captive and conquered them. But the Assyrians at that point in time were noted for their ferocity. They were probably the fiercest people around at that point in time. And if you look at some historical accounts, they are the people that invented crucifixion. The Romans may have perfected crucifixion, but the Ninevites invented it. And that's one of the more horrible ways to die. So Jonah had legitimate reasons for not wanting to go to Nineveh because he was not an Assyrian. And the other thing, if you you look at Jonah and you you read the whole book, it's only four chapters. You can read it in one sitting. Uh, It's very short. The other thing is they weren't Jewish. 
And Jonah had that same concept of who God was calling to be part of his people that in the in the gospel readings that we've been having, the gospel reading that we'll have this Sunday was a very narrow Jewish view that God called the Jews and everybody else could go to hell as far as they were concerned because they weren't Jewish. And maybe if they converted to Judaism, they might be okay, but they'd still be second-class Jews. So Jonah had these two problems. So what he did was he, he went down to Joppa, which was the seaport, the closest seaport to where he was, and he got on a boat after he purchased a ticket for the farthest place that he could think of to get away from uh, the land of, of the Jews, which is Tarshish, which is, uh, uh, some scholars say it was somewhere on the coast of Spain. So it's maybe even on the Atlantic coast of Spain. So he went to go away. And when you look at what went on, uh, he, he, had situa- he had situation where uh, he, when I look at it, I see that Jonah is depressed. And why do I say that? Because although the storm came, Jonah was down in the hole sleeping. And if you've known, ever known anybody that is in the depths of depression, they can barely get out of bed. So my, my logic says that Jonah was depressed. But God, he got himself in a situation, and the, 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 uh, the book says that Jonah, that God sent the storm. Well, the storm, Jonah wouldn't have been affected, been affected by the storm if Jonah had been where he was supposed to be. So that when we are out of God's will, when God is telling us to do something and we're working uh, counter to that, we, we say, I'm not going to do that. If we're like the, son, the, the two sons in the parable of the vineyard that we heard uh, a couple of weeks ago, the one said no, but eventually went, where the other one said yes and wouldn't go. So you can, you, if you know what God is telling you to do and you're not doing it, then you're putting, placing yourself in a situation where you are going to have trouble as did the, the, the son in the parable of the prodigal son who asked for his inheritance and walked, walked away from the family. He knew that's not where he was supposed to be, but that's what he wanted to do. And he got himself in a world of hurt and had to come back. But so Jonah is in here, and, and uh, it, it's interesting that the, the uh, pagans that are on the boat have more faith in God than Jonah does at that point in time because they, they – they are scared because they knew Jonah was running away from God, and they didn't want to throw him in the ocean because they didn't want to take his life for fear that God would, would punish them for what they were doing. But Jonah told them it was okay. And then the next thing that you really have in there is that when we get ourselves in a predicament, God is always willing to rescue us, and it's not necessarily the way we want to be rescued. God sent this giant fish. Now, I don't think that I would want to be swallowed by a fish. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't hold my nose that long to be able to do that. But God sent this giant fish. And in the process of being in this fish, we see a conversion going on in Jonah's life where he can finally thank God for sending the fish and for everything. And and there's a beautiful psalm in the second chapter of the book of Jonah that talks about Jonah's conversion experience. And then the fish eventually spits Jonah up on the shore. The key, the key line to me in the whole, whole book is in the first verse of chapter 3, where it says the second time God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and speak the word that, that, that God wanted spoken to the people of Nineveh. 
And it says that Jonah did it. I mean, in some ways, he was, he was as immediate in his response to what God wanted to do as if you read in, in Matthew 1, uh, the last f- few verses, and in the first part of chapter 2 of Matthew, how Joseph responded to what God wanted him to do. The difference is between Joseph and Jonah is that Jonah did it so he wouldn't get swallowed by another fish, and he wouldn't be in a predicament again like he was when he ran away the first time. Because if you look and, and you read chapters 3 and, and 4, you see that, that the, again, the pagans were more open to God's working than was Jonah. Because Jonah was hoping that he, his, his preaching would be unsuccessful and that God would call down the disaster. And the disaster was supposed to happen after 40 days. And whenever you see the number 40 in the Old Testament in particular, it's a time of preparation. Think of the 40 days uh, in, that Jesus spent in the desert preparing for his, his ministry. Think of the 40 years that the people of Israel spent in the desert trying to get ready to get to the Holy Land. So it's a time of preparation. And during this time of preparation, the Ninevites respond to the call for repentance. And they are more repentant than the Jews were. So that when Jesus was, was talking to some of the people that didn't believe in him, Jesus said it's going to go easier for the residents of Nineveh than for you because they heard the word and they responded, whereas you folks aren't responding. And it, it's something that we have to understand for ourselves, too, when God sends someone into our lives that we need to respond to what God is saying. We don't need to react like Jonah did the first time when Jonah ran away because you can't run away from God. You know, if you, you look at Psalm 139, it says, where can I go to hide from your presence? You can't hide from God. You can try to hide, and you can't hide from yourself. So anytime we do those things, we are just, we are creating turmoil and, and uh, problems in our lives. So God spared the Ninevites. And then you get to chapter four, and you see what Jonah is really made of. Because in chapter four, he's sitting up on the hill uh, waiting to see whether God's going to punish them or not, and he doesn't. And God blesses him with a castor bean plant, which grows significantly quickly and provides him shade from the heat of the desert sun. And the next day, the castor bean plant dies because God sends a worm to eat at the inside so that it will wither and die. And, and Jonah says, I wish that I were dead. I wish that I were dead. There's nothing going on in my life that's good. And you didn't do what it is. I, I played the fool to the Ninevites, and I preached to them, and you didn't do what I wanted you to do, God. And so I, I'm all upset, and just kill me. I'm, I'm through with working with you. So, and God asks him the question at the very end, which basically says, what are you so upset about? I've got 250,000 people here in Nineveh or more. And they repented and they came back to me. And you're worried about a castor bean plant? Jonah's attitude did not change. Jonah did what God wanted him to do, but he didn't do it with the right attitude. And if you look at the parables that we've had over the last several Sundays, we had the parable basically of the day laborers who were more concerned about what they were going to earn than what they were doing, which really tells us in that 
parable that God will take people at all stages of life. So when you respond to God, whether it's young, old, or whatever, we're all working for the same reward of, of eternal life and life with him in heaven. Or if you look at the two sons, you can, you can be a Jonah and say no at the beginning and then go do it. And it doesn't say what the attitude of the son was when he went back into the vineyard. Or you can be the son that says yes and not do it. And in that particular case, what we're looking at is the son that said no are all the people from the time of, uh, of uh, Adam and Eve until the time of, of uh, Jacob or Israel and all of his descendants. And they said no. And when, when they, the gospel was preached to them after the day of Pentecost— and particularly with through Paul, they responded and said, yes, the vineyard represents the church. Whereas the Jews were offered from the beginning this, and they rejected Jesus because Jesus was not the Messiah that they thought they were going to have or what they wanted. So it's, it's very interesting in that. And then you look at the parable of the, of the sharecroppers, which we had this last Sunday, and they, they you know, is addressed to the, the leaders, the Jewish leaders, and what, what the Jewish leaders wanted, they wanted to be in control. They didn't want somebody coming in who was not of their social standing to come in and take control. So they didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. And they wanted to take control. And they would actually kill the son. And in that case, you've got the servants in those parables. Uh, servant is a word that was used for prophet in the Old Testament. So they were the servants. It's talking about the prophets and how the prophets came, and eventually God sent his own son, and they killed his son. Now, the, the, the par- uh, we got just a few seconds. I want to look at, look, look at the, this Sunday's readings. Got about a minute and a half. About a minute and a half. Okay, I'll probably take it all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite all right. So if you look at this Sunday's gospel, it's talking about the wedding feast of the king's son. And what I would invite you to do is, if you have not read Scott Hahn's uh, feast, the Lamb's Feast, Feast, it ties in very much with the Lamb's Supper, the Lamb's Supper, which is all about Revelation, the supper, the marriage feast of the Lamb in Revelation. This parable points to that. It's like a prophetic message of that. And again, you've got the people who were invited refusing the invitation and doing it very difficult, badly. And you've got three sets of uh, servants there. You've got the, the first set to those that were invited the first time are the, uh, the prophets of the Old Testament. The second set that goes out are the uh, early Christians trying to evangelize the Jews who were rejected again and killed again. And the third that goes out to the highways and the byways, that is the New Testament evangelists like Paul who went out to the whole of the world. And you look at the first reading for this Sunday, and it's God wants everybody to be in heaven with him. It's not just those that happen to go to church or this church or that church or whatever church. And it's so we have to have the right attitude. If God is telling you to speak to somebody about something, don't run off. Do it, but do it with an attitude that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and we've got just a little bit more time and I'm going to, I'd like to summarize a little bit of what we got. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good day.
Uh, thank you for listening to Red Sea Roundup. And when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. Now.